Hello, I'm Kevin Kittle, and you're listening to The Cinema Files. Back in March, I had the opportunity to interview four of the five guys who make up Broken Lizard, the comedy, writing, acting group behind Club Dread, Beer Fest, and Super Troopers. Jay was unable to attend due to a stand-up gig, but we had a great time chatting with Steve, Kevin, Paul, and Eric. The night before, they screened Super Troopers 2 for one of the very first times to an audience in Phoenix. Brent Hankins from the Nerd Repository joins me in this interview as we ask them about their experiences bringing a comedic sequel to the screen nearly two decades after the original. So yeah, first of all, let me just say that I, I thought the film was fucking fantastic. Oh, thank you. Uh, thank you. Did you go last night? Yeah, I was yeah, there last good, night. Good. It's, uh, I think we're in this, this place right now where comedy sequels, particularly ones that come a long time after the original, are sort of a scary proposition because you mm-hmm. have stuff like yeah. Anchorman 2, Zoolander 2, Dumb and Dumber 2, and they all kind of sucked. Did you guys, were you cognizant of that when writing the script and working on this, like making sure you didn't fall into that same trap? Yeah, we yeah, v- sure. very much were. I mean, yeah. it was kind of a lot of pressure. You don't want to you know, screw up the first one. And so uh, the idea was to not retread as many jokes and to try to have fresh new things. And I think that was on the front, uh, kind of in front of our minds as we were going. Yeah, I mean, we're losing sleep over it now. I mean, I think we all feel really good about the movie, but it's inevitably this, still the thing that, like, we don't want to get hit with, you know, when the movie comes out. Is, you know, because what it does is it then kind of tarnishes the first one, you know, and that would be terrible. So, so yeah, it's, it's, I feel good about it, but yeah, I, I don't know I'm relaxed about making sure that's, that that's not going to happen. The reaction's been good so far. Though. It has been great. Right. It so, has, yeah, yeah. How many cities have you guys been to on the tour so far? Uh, LA, San Francisco, Seattle. Six. Four. Okay. Yeah, but we also, four. we entered Vancouver. But not with the movie. Not, not with the movie. movie. We went to Indianapolis to do WWE. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's kind of the beginning of the, of the crazy stretch. Yeah. And I remember you from last night. We talked about your mustache. Did we? Yeah. I don't think that was <laughs> me. Is, there, is there another guy with a mustache like that? Possibly. <laughs> okay. yeah. I don't. I don't think we did. Okay. I mean, okay. I, I did Fair a enough. Of beers, so. What would you say about his mustache? Or that it was good. Game? That it was oh, very okay. good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, I don't know. My wife feels right. otherwise. Does no. she not want you to have a mustache? No, not at all. That's what I was telling these kids. Like I grew one for fun one time, and my wife then went and kissed me. Like she, some people like it, some wives don't mind it, but some do. Yeah, she's like, like every day she's like, you're scruffy, get rid of that thing. Right. Like, no. So exactly. That's the standoff. Right? That's marriage right there. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. Compromise. The great compromise. The great mm. compromise. Mine, I better not shave it off. <laughs> 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 uh, so you guys, I mean, when you mention Broken Lizard, most people are like, oh, you know, it's this crazy humor, you know, crazy, crazy stuff. And uh, the past week I was binging a lot of your films to wrap up for it. And I, and I noticed this common thread that I hadn't seen before. So I watched Club Dread, Puddle uh, Cruisers, yeah. and Super Troopers 1 and 2. And each of these have like a romantic subplot. Mm-hmm. And, and it's like a really sweet romantic story in each one of them. And I think each one has a different character yeah, we going there. down that plot. So are you guys like romantics at heart or somebody Yo, on yeah, the float definitely. of show? If it what? can make us cry, it's going in the movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, we're, we're all yeah. sensitive, yeah, yeah, sensitive, uh, sensitive <laughs> fellas. But, uh, you know, also... Uh, you know, you, I, we'd hate for our audience to only be made up of guys, and so, you know, we, we want to make sure that, that there's enough something in it for everyone. It's also know? fun to work with, like, good actresses, you know, that, that's something that obviously we're dudes in a room writing this script, but then you get to work with people like Marisa Coughlin or Brittany Daniel or Emmanuel Shrieky, and they're all, they're great, they're great people, and it's just great to hang out with them. And I think that that's, 
always something we have in our mind. We need to have somebody like that in each movie, you know? And we try to, you know, we're aware that oftentimes in these movies the romantic plot line can be the dull part of the movie. And it's because, you know, I think some, sometimes they're a little color by numbers where it's like, okay, the girl's just going to fall for the guy and then they hook up. So we try to be creative. Yeah. Like, we don't really want to do it unless there's something funny about it. Yeah, and you def- that definitely shows in this new one. Good, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not to give anything away. But sure, some sure. Nice, uh, yeah, some yeah. nice. Did you nice see stuff. the twist coming? Um, <laughs> we're not talking about twists. No, we're not talking so. about anything about yeah, it, but I was curious if you saw any twist. Well, I thought we should talk about it. We can cut out spoilers. There's nothing unexpected in this Yeah, nothing. Straightforward. It's very linear. Come right out. Just cut to silence right now. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. Well, it's funny now, too, because it's like, we have some yeah. some plot twists in the movie, and and we've been laughing about it because now we're like maybe we had too many plot twists. Let's not do so many plot twists in the next one. But then you know plot twists are what makes the world go round, right? They're fun. They're sure. Fun, right. Sure. But it, it was fun, and a lot of your films are, are you're poking at a lot of these tropes, and so having multiple twists, I think, helps that. It's part of it. Almost seems like mm-hmm. part of your formula. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a, a way. It's a way, yeah. it's a way yeah. to get an extra. Yeah. Like in beer fest. And, yeah, I was gonna say yeah. in beer fest yeah. where we, you know. What we wanted was a sports movie through the through a beer glass, and uh, but that meant you know then like a crushingly horrific, insurmountable end of Act Two tragedy, and I think it led us down a road of doing something so absurd. But like people love that about it, like that the death of landfill, like is one of the things that talk people talk yes. to me about. Spoiler alert! The, you know the, the most. Uh, 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 well, because you get, you know, you get, when you're working with a studio, we were working with, not Warner Brothers, but earlier we, we had that script with another studio. The notes you get can sometimes just be frustrating. That They're like, we need a lower moment at the end of Act 2. And you're like, okay, the team breaks up. And they're like, we need it to be lower. And you're like, <laughs> okay, fuck, we keep trying to create these low moments. And finally, you're just frustrated. You're like, let's kill the guy. Let's yeah, kill him. You want a low point? Yeah, you want, you want to act a low point? point. Yeah. But, kill this guy. Yeah. But then we're going to bring back his twin brother, and uh, he's heard all about these guys. Yeah, yeah. and negate yeah. every single, you know, everything about it. When so, we first screened it, though, Kevin's family came and saw it, and his uncle walked out because he thought that Kevin actually, <laughs> yeah. his character was killed off. Now he's dead. No reason to watch anymore. It's such a, <laughs> he it's such a Heffernanian yeah. uh, uh, behavior. He missed, the, he missed the whole third act. Okay, good. He missed yeah, the whole yeah. third act. Yeah. Walked out. But that was, and I remember one test screening, somebody screamed, no, <laughs> when he died, which was funny. Yeah. So I know you guys write as a team, um, but how does that actually manifest in terms of dividing up the work? Are you, are you guys all sitting there with laptops, like hammering out, you know, jokes and things like that? Or is it more like a, a roundtable discussion and then like one person goes off and actually does the work? It's a lot of this kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's all of it, you know, like... Uh, Earlier drafts will have this general sessions that everybody's writing down a ton of ideas, and then uh, each guy goes off and writes 15 pages of the first draft. You know, we'll outline it. And then the next pass, everybody gives their notes, and then each guy's responsible for doing their own section. And then you get to the third draft, and the point man, who we call the bitch, then <laughs> is, he has to take over that job because now everything's got to become uniform and, and weave together. And, so, uh, and then that person stays the, the point man. Which is the, the worst job the in Hollywood. It's terrible because you're, you're writing the script and you are still like writing new jokes that you haven't pitched to the guys or anything because that's just what you do when you write the script. You're like, oh, well, now I'm in control of marrying these two sections. I think here's a funny joke that I could do that. 
it's incredibly hard work. And then you go, and four fucking assholes will just rip your stuff apart. What's this? This wasn't the original yeah, thing. What's yeah. this? And even your, your role in the room during riff sessions is, you know... Imagine a room full of guys all like cracking jokes, trying to make each other laugh, and you're like, uh huh, uh-huh, and you're trying to like make sure you're getting it all <laughs> down, and, and you know, it's it's uh, it's, it's the worst job. It's the worst <laughs> job. Uh, I think it was last night you had asked a question, and you mentioned that um, none of the characters are cast, well, almost never. Yeah, the characters are cast ahead of time. But again, another common theme I noticed: you're kind of the cultural chameleon. Every film you're playing something. You it's true. Yeah, a, He's our De Niro. Yeah, I mean, I you know, I, I got to play Juan Castillo, which was fun because I was you know making a movie in a speedo the entire time, and that I find to be a success, a sign of success. Uh, and then Beer Fest, yeah, I mean, Beer Fest was more of like taking one for the team. The, the, we permed my hair, and then yeah. I had you love that look. male you pattern baldness it. for you know. What, what was involved with that look? There's a perm. I mean, we looked at you know Sean Penn and Carlito's way, and we're like, yeah. that's the, who this character is going to be. <laughs> and uh, yeah, permed the hair, and then every day that they would shave, it's three inches of male pattern baldness. Um, <laughs> and um, and it looked good until the weekend where you didn't have somebody giving you this shave, because then you'd have you could go sometimes like three days, and so then three days of hair growth just here, and then long frizzy there. Yeah. That was the only time when I was like. I don't want to go near this guy. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I had a five o'clock shadow on my head. And it was weird. Like, we, we, uh, there was one time in our hotel, I got in the elevator. I just worked out. And so, like, my afro was already uh, wilting a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> and it was the embassy suites where they had free margaritas every day at, like, four uh-huh. o'clock to seven o'clock. And I got in the elevator, and these two meatheads with, like, you know, margaritas got in the elevator with me. And they were on either side of me. And I could just feel them looking at my head and looking at each other and looking at my head and looking at each other. To these guys' credit, they almost made it. They almost made it the entire way. Like, they got off the floor below me. The, oh, the, the doors opened. They got off. The doors were shutting. And right at the last second, they turned to each other and burst out laughing. <laughs> and then the doors shut. And I was like, wait a second. Is that the real me? Yeah, so. Uh, yeah, that was, I mean, that was, you know. But didn't you also find that you had some women attracted to you during that phase? Well, so the funny thing, so I was single, and uh, I was freshly single. My girlfriend and I, uh, we had just broken up, although she's in the movie as, uh, as Landfill's wife, and Landfill 2's wife. Um, so I was like, okay, hey, look at this. I'm single. It's a studio movie. I'm the writer, star of this thing. I'm going to lay it down. And, uh, but then I had this thing, and no girls would talk to me. And then I, I wore it on my sleeve. I'd be like, hey, you know, I don't really look like this. And they're like, loser. Like, it's already a terrible approach. So I was like, okay, I guess I'm going to go this whole shoot without, you know, hooking up. And, uh, you know, all my, my great plans are, are, are for naught. And, one, and I was like, I'm not going to talk to girls. I'm not going to play any of the social politics. I'm going to hang. I'm going to get to know my yeah. friends. You know? Hang on like, me. Yeah, they're good guys. These guys yeah, yeah, yeah. are funny. But what happened was that, like, immediately once I adopted that attitude, things started to change, and these girls actually said to me, they're like, you know, we saw you in this bar, and you looked ridiculous, but yet you were, like, like kind of blowing off women and, like, just hanging out with your buddies and telling time. jokes, yeah, yeah, yeah. and it made, it made you seem really confident, and it actually, because you looked a certain way, it actually made you seem like the most confident guy we had ever met, and we just <laughs> are curious, and we want to we want to experience that. be with you, and, and it was like, sure. it was a little kooky, like, that character, Ficklestein got a little crazy. 
<laughs> and I've never been able to duplicate that yeah, yeah, before or since, but, you know. Well, that's the thing. Is, okay, let's say we make PodFest. How much further, like, what would his hair loss He's situation be? <laughs> right. Is he down to, like, yeah, just... He yeah, may just go, well, you know, like ball, Star Wars go Moby. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah, I, I'd gladly do. I mean, listen, Finkelstein, he changed my life. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, you know, no, truthfully, so, I mean, he's... I'm honest, guys. Well, I tapped into this thing, which is just like, it's like being true to yourself. Like, just enjoy yourself oh. and don't, you know, oh, don't put on airs for other people. And that's, mm-hmm. you know, you seem very happy that way. Anyway, so... The lessons yeah. of Finkelstein, you could write a little, uh, yeah. like a little coffee yeah. table book. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, what are you going to do? I mean, yeah. Yeah. there's like times you just got to say, right? what are you going to do? Yeah. Be happy all the time, I'll eat the worms. Like coconut pizza. Yeah. That's right. Our movies really are... Yeah. Lessons Green. to live by. It's a lot of lessons for you guys. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and I got my 11 year old son learning all those lessons. Petrified <laughs> <laughs> about what's going to happen. Yeah. I, I had a uh, in beer fest. I do a thing called a strikeout. It's a bong hit and then a shot and a chug of beer and then blow out the smoke out, which is something we did in college. And um, I guess a lot of people started doing it, uh, doing videos, you know, different kinds of strikeouts. You know, maybe with like three beers, whatever it was. I was at Madison Square Garden one time. And some people recognized me and want to take a picture. And then a couple other people recognized me because they were like, who's that down there? And they're like, oh, it's the guy from those movies. And pretty soon there were like eight people around me and, they, and the usher made them form a line. And then like a 55-year-old woman got at the end of that line. And my friend and I were like, now who is this? What? Because everybody else is a dude with a baseball hat on backwards. And now we've got this school marm at the, at the end of the line. And she very politely waited, made her approach. And then she walked up to me. And uh, when it was her turn, she slapped me across the face. He said, you're the reason why my son dropped out of college and walked away. <laughs> and we were like, wow, that's... Uh, my friend Thank like, you. Yeah, okay. Uh, Thank I you. think it all starts at home, but whatever. So wrapping up, last night you guys talked about how when you were trying to get funding for the movie, the studio didn't necessarily believe that there was still an audience for Super Troopers. And that's yeah. why you went to the crowdfunding campaign. Were you guys, was there ever any trepidation from you guys thinking like maybe they're right, maybe there is no audience, sure. or was that always like you guys knew we were all out here still? No, we're still terrified. We're still terrified <laughs> about it. <laughs> no, no, yeah, talked to us on, yeah, on, the, on the Monday after 420. I mean, you know, it's hard. Like, we've had all these years of we go out and people, that's what they say. Wow, when are you going to make Super Troops 2? So just it felt to us like, oh, they're just, they're, clearly people are clamoring, but you don't know if you're just like, well, if it's necessarily a representative of a, of a big demographic or, or not. So, well, Our reps yeah. always said to us, like, we're more famous outside of the industry than inside of the industry. Yeah. You know, that, that was always kind of like the feeling that, you know, we go out into the world and there are people, you know, studios try to quantify your success and they do it in certain ways. And one of the metrics is box office opening weekend and whatever it is and we've never had that we have this very kind of hard to pin down thing where you know we'll go to a college town and everyone go crazy but if you're walking down a supermarket in LA nobody knows who you are you know so we've always had that where I felt like we know our fans are out there we just got to let the people who make the decisions know the fans are out there that's why crowdfunding was so perfect for us and it's why just in general the benefit of the internet you know the Things are so different. Things have changed so fast from the time even that we made, let's say, Beer Fest, the last studio movie that we made, that the idea of now, like, okay, you can release a trailer, you can release a teaser, or or release any kind of material, and immediately get back a metrics. I mean, you know, there's, yeah, there's a lot of scary shit to, like, what can be done on Facebook and what people are doing with data. From our point of view, the best thing that can happen to us, because that's when 
obviously with the crowdfunding, but, but even I think more so after that, when we could put material out, put like a picture of the slate from day one, put that on Facebook and have 5 million people like it within like 48 hours, like that, that, that mechanism didn't exist when we were making movies before. So it's really been helpful to sort of get that attitude changed because yeah, like the decision makers in Hollywood are all people who don't want to lose their fucking jobs. So they have to have that, that, that ability to quantify so they can justify decisions that they make. And for a long time, that was really slippery with us. It was like, okay, yeah, they sold a lot of DVDs. Eh, I don't know if that's, I don't know if I can justify my job if I get called to the carpet for green lighting a Broken Lizard movie. And, and this has made it, uh, fortunately, I think, easier for people to, to now feel secure in, in getting behind us and going to Hollywood. So we'll see. Well, I think we're out of time. I wish you guys a ton of success. I love Thanks, the movie. Thanks, man. Thank you. Good, good. I appreciate Thanks. it, man. Appreciate just bring it. 200 of your best friends, and uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll be good. I'll, I'll do what I can. Uh, thank you. Thank Thanks, you guys. Nice talking to you. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thanks. Thanks, man.